0: And load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And
1: greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for hopping on board here on The Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. Todderson and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. We have a fourth member of the program with us for the first hour, our good friend, White House correspondent here on Blaze TV, John Miller. We'll get to John here in just a second. 888-900-3393 is the number here at the Blaze. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, who does not like us. So good luck uh, having that like actually acknowledged, but... Somewhere we'll know and appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for samples of this show to share and to check out, go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. And we will be getting to some of the feedback that you've sent to us coming up in hour two with Feedback Friday. But before we get to all of that, first, we must take a look back at the week that was. It's time for the day's Group. Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our good friends over at RidUZone who want to issue a reality check for your New Year's resolution to eat right and lose weight this year. How's that going for you? Well, I've fought this battle myself over the years, so I know it can be difficult. A couple things you learn. Dieting alone is really, really hard. And and while working out is great, the the overall health benefits you get from it actually do more for you than just as a weight loss uh, as a weight loss factor. Why? Because you can't out-train a bad diet. All right? So the, the reason you got over 8 is not just what you're eating. Most of the time, it's that you ate too much of it. Okay. That's where Riduzone comes in. It's the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster, burning stored fat and reducing your calorie intake at the exact same time. That makes it easier to resist those cravings and... Uh, shall we call them, gaudy portion sizes that have ruined your New Year's resolution. So get back up on the wagon with RIDUZONE. And right now, if you use promo code STEVE, you can get up to 65% off. That's a massive discount. Promo code STEVE, up to 65% off when you go to RIDUZONE.com. They'll even throw in free shipping as well. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for RIDUZONE.com, promo code STEVE. Let's get to issue one, bleep Democrats say.
2: And I'm here to ask you to stop popping up the dairy industry.
1: The question of whether it leaves in private insurance intact, that's actually up to the insurance companies. Either they'll come up with something better that'll compete with the plan I'm putting out there, or they'll fail. And to be honest, I don't care. I'm not gonna tell other Christians how to be Christians, but I will say I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in scripture.
0: I am not um, a woman of color for having been slammed into the wall by a
1: police officer. Why don't you think she's doing better with people of color? For some reason, we're still very stuck
0: at the idea that the most um, powerful person, right, in this nation could be a woman. Or could it be her policies? $1,000 family
1: tax credit and lower costs due to tax-free diapers and tampons.
2: There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was, somebody's making money. Stand up! There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was, somebody's making money. How would you define what a woman is? Hmm. How would I define what a woman is? Oh my god! Still too often, there's some of us standing clutching, our bladders stuck, trying to decipher which bathroom door symbol we better resemble. We're queer and we're here. And life can be tough out there. I think a woman, that's that's a trick question. Oh wow. I think a woman is anything that she wants to be defined as. I'm Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I pledge allegiance to the draft. A woman is powerful, a woman is... Really, the creator of our society, without women, like, we won't even be able to reproduce the planet.
0: Like, we're selling uterus pins, but that doesn't mean that if you have a uterus, you're a woman, or if you don't have one, you're not a woman.
1: Francie is 11 years old. You don't drink beer yet, do you? No. Good. Okay, well, thank you for coming, and thank
3: you for having us.
1: I am shameless.
3: I thought he drank beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it,
1: I, it, did it sound to anybody else like he asked her if she had her period yet? Oh, that's what I thought I heard in my ear. No? No. Sure, what did he beer. ask her?
3: If he drinks beer, I think. I think.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's what he said. How about the fact that we're at a stage where none of us would be shocked if uh-huh. he did ask her <sighs> that?
3: Well, by the end of, you just got done hearing a bunch of women who don't <laughs> know what a woman is, so <laughs> can, can I, I see why... Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's let, let's get to the first question here. John Miller is our guest here. You get to go first. What was your favorite ride at crazy land this week, John?
0: I think all of those ideas came and then just kind of culminated in the Democrat debate where they I mean, they've just become so unhinged and so uh, almost furious to the extent that they are now not even talking about ideas. They're just trying to get crazier and crazier. And at the debate, you couldn't even hear them talking because they were shouting over each other about who even knows what. But I think Bloomberg, and I'll expand on this later, but I think Bloomberg um, really just made a fool out of himself. And you realize that the guy who uh, is neck and neck with Bernie in terms of taking this nomination away is uh, uncharismatic, uh, has no clue what he's saying. is trying to backtrack on all the things that he said in the past about stop and frisk and minorities and what have you. Uh, And I think all of that was just laid to bear on stage at the Democrat debate. So for me, just watching that crap show of a debate was definitely um, one of the lower points of the party this election season.
3: Todd, it's a treasure trove this weekend. Obviously, the the women marching for women who don't know what women are. There's a hole in the sky where a tree once was. And then secondly, that. But behind all of that, I'm going to go to the very beginning. The gal who's the biggest fan of Bernie yet goes on stage to steal his microphone. I'm a fan, but your words are not enough, so please let me speak. I, th- she is legion, and she is at the heart of that march. She's at the heart of that song. The profound levels of self-importance yes. that people like her have. Steve, I, I will always remember a conversation you and I had very early in our relationship, when I met you through your radio show, and how y- y- you told me about the very first uh, couple of times you 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 got the mic. You had been a guest host on shows before. You had called in and everything like that. But you talked about you know the, the nerves that mm-hmm. built up. And you-, you were be- I mean because all of a sudden you it's you now yeah and putting it and I and I remember when I first. Uh, was put on air after working for a year, just writing for you. I had been on air before too, but now it's like you're on. And there was a there was a level of stage fright, not because you had you worried about what you believed, but it's you 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 got to where you wanted to be, and now th- there's no hiding. Those are natural, healthy feelings because you feel a sense of duty and responsibility. Self awareness is to, to, is, defi- yes.
1: is the word that defines what you're saying. There,
3: There's none of that with her. There is move over presidential candidate who's leading in the polls because I think I've got more to say and I'm going to hijack this moment. This is exactly how tyrannies happen with a level of it's I'm losing my ability to put words to how brazenly hostile these people are to any level of Decorum whatsoever, from Antifa to to the haircut. There, who's you know the the shim who doesn't you know what he is, but knows for certain that times are hard because no one knows how to give me a haircut. And they put themselves on video again. No level of decorum, no level of pause, but no level of you know. Maybe there's other people with deeper cares in the world. It's all about what you feel at any given time that is incredibly dangerous
1: it's incredibly dangerous but i also think it's incredibly honest oh no no, what that, we're that, dealing that, with Yeah, that it, it 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 takes the the and and you know we've used terms you know i don't even take the term liberal is not even we're so far beyond the stuff that liberalism was talking about when we were kids where you know we left crazy you know a long time ago in that lane um to me you're you're dealing this is pagan yeah. I mean we we've we've called it status progressive but when you look at pagan behavior in human history th- these are all the embodiments of it. All right? And ultimately it comes down to I am God. That that I am God. I am there is there is no other no other being as high as me. And so what 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 force would our culture be able to produce? that would have such a person believe they shouldn't do things like that woman did or Jesse Smollett did. There's only two, there's only two forces we can present. One is a a healthy reverential fear of God and the knowledge of therefore where that, that where that knowledge puts you in the grand scheme and the order of things that you just don't even contemplate going certain places because, you recognize I'm just a guy named Todd. I'm just a guy named Steve. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. The other is um, fear of repercussions from your fellow man. And when you can be the deputy director of the FBI and admit that you lied under oath and get away with it. And a guy that I think is just a terrible human being, okay? But whatever his, whatever his particular crime or sin was, it doesn't do anything to the fabric of our governance. Like what the guy who was the number two in command of our largest investigative criminal justice agency in this hemisphere, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, he's going up for three and a half years. Okay, when when there's no when there's no consequences over and over and over again. I mean, I, I was. Re, we'll get into more of this yes, later as well. I mean. We're already, re- we're we're going to run it back on the on Russian collusion. Did you see that? We're running that yeah. back. Okay. No. no one went, no one goes to prison. No one's held accountable. Make all the fake rape allegations and everything you want. Nothing. I mean, Bill Barr gives a great speech. Nothing happens. We still don't know who the hell killed Jeffrey Epstein. When, when you're what, when you see there is no, no human endeavor to, to restrain you. These people are actually the most honest. They're taking their the the fullness of their worldview to its most Correct. logical Correct. conclusion. There's no there's no point in holding back if you if you have that belief system because there is nothing to hold you back. What's well, impossible to hold back, right? You just become the mob outside of Lot's house. Yeah. that that's all that you become. Exactly, Aaron.
2: I think uh, I think it's. It's probably Buttigieg there at the beginning, where that is that is. I don't want to that, t- talk that, about
1: how to be a Christian, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, yeah,
2: I, yeah. That yeah. that dichotomy in those two clips is the essence of Pete Buttigieg because under this nice uh, under this nice uh, exterior and this aw shucks Midwestern act that yep. he's got going on. Yep. There is a an extreme rage yes. with that man. preach. Um, and, yep. and that's that's what you saw in those two clips. You know what? Um, Medicare for all who wants it. And now he's on stage saying, I don't care if you lose your health insurance plan that right. you like. Right. Uh, now let me lecture you on what is and what is not Christian. That is, that is the spirit of uh, – that, that, that's, that's the spirit of rage of progressivism right there where it's, I'm going to make up rules along the way, and because of my class, uh, I know that people are, or my class is a protected uh, citizen or whatever on the intersectionality put- totem pole, I know that people are going to go along with it and overlook it. And so I'm just going to par- keep parlaying that into whatever I need to be at any particular moment. And that's that's the essence of Pete, Pete Buttigieg right there, and, and we saw that in those two clips.
1: You actually, I don't know if you intended it or not, but you just tied it directly into what Todd just said. Yeah. You know, one of the things people have, have, and we've been trying to explain it on this show for the last few months. Pete Buttigieg is not the rainbow jihad candidate. Bernie Sanders is. You know why? Because you, you answered that question again, Aaron. His willingness to disguise his rage, mm-hmm. his willingness to, 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 to attempt decorum, to attempt pleasantries and niceties. Um, he, he wants to be a Trojan horse. That woman on the stage, she wants to be an. Inv- she wants, to, the, the guy in the video, we're here, we're queer, and we're in your face. They want to, they want, they want to home invade. I mean, these are, these are the political equivalents of Jehovah's Witnesses. They're not leaving you alone on a Saturday afternoon. They're knocking on every damn door. All right. This isn't, an, and, and, and Buttigieg is trying to play some, you know, uh, Kevin Klein in an out game and and it got and it's won them over with a bunch of white woke suburbanites anxious to get their virtues, church of virtue signaling on but it can't it doesn't win them over with any of the core constituency groups of the traditional democratic party why because they don't they're they're done doing the camel's nose under the tent they're here they're here to declare they're here to testify it's time to preach we're going to have church that's what they're here for and and that's why Pete was never the candidate of the rainbow jihad. That's why, and and because that's why he won over our neighbors here in in, in Iowa, in the suburbs and exurbs. But it's why when he gets outside of, you know, a nice Midwestern hamlet that is anxious to show they're not homophobic, he is struggling everywhere else. And the reason is because he, he's, he's not, he didn't show that rage enough. If he had showed that rage all the more, he would have never won Iowa, but he'd be a far more greater contender the rest of this race because they would have rallied to that. They want more, They want to shake their fist at you, and then they want to use their fist on you. You will be made to care. You will be made to care. That's the motto here. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as fake as Mitt Romney is, profoundly religious, and 10 being as vigorous as Lindsey Graham's obsession with illegal aliens,
0: rate this week's level of total depravity John Miller. I'm, I'm always going to say a five on your show because that, I think, leaves a sufficient amount of craziness because I wouldn't be surprised at the next debate, which I think is a little over a week from now or maybe even next week. One of the candidates just sits there and says, you know what? I'm not just for having abortion as late as you want, but I'm for being able to eat that baby after you have it because we're at that point. Soylent green is people. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so I'm going to give it a solid five as usual to leave that room.
2: All right. Aaron. Yeah, I'm going with a six point five this week todd
3: see i'm at a 10 but i also agree with them so i think, you're all, I, think
1: I think you're all
2: correct i think you're all correct
1: yeah let's get to issue two inevitable
2: bernie sanders seems to be rolling and some democrats are on edge the truth is bernie sanders is on a trajectory to be the democratic nominee to me he i just don't see him having any shot In a general election,
0: I'm panicked. I am absolutely panicked. No Uh, no one but Bernie, Stephanie.
2: Come on. He's an anarchist. He would love to burn down the United States.
3: If we nominate a socialist like Bernie Sanders, we're going to lose. It'll be like George
1: McGovern. It'll be a blowout. Nobody just says the obvious. Bernie, you're full of it. They're just pandering to the Bernie people. And you know what pandering gets you? Nothing.
0: It certainly doesn't get your respect.
2: Tom Perez needs to step down. He's a joke. He's a clown.
0: He can't run the Democratic Party anymore. It's lost its way. I don't see how Democrats uh, do anything but bleed out
2: when they put a socialist at the top of the ticket. It is a death sentence for the party and it will lead to Donald Trump's
3: re-election. The loser, as Leslie put it, are the Democrats. They've got to get out there and say, I disagree with socialism. I believe in the markets. Right. I think he's wrong. I
2: think he'll never get it done. And in this country will never go that direction. And by the way, we'll lose 49 states. 538's latest odds for the Democratic nomination have no one getting to the 1,991 delegates needed to seal the nomination at 2 and 5. Bernie Sanders, 5'38", says has a 1-3 in shot, while nobody else has greater odds than 12% to win the nomination. Steve's latest projection for the delegate count post-Super Tuesday is as follows. Bernie Sanders with 748 delegates, Biden with 254, Buttigieg with 201, Bloomberg with 157, Klobuchar with 132, and Warren with 10. The Nevada caucuses are this Saturday, and Bernie Sanders leads Joe Biden in the state. 30 to 16 percent in the real clear politics polling average.
1: It is fascinating to watch lefty media lose their damn minds over Bernie Sanders essentially just running on the fulfillment of everything they have been saying for the last four since McGovern for the last 40 years. My whole life, my whole life, I've heard these arguments. I'm, I'm going to be 47 in July. I've heard these arguments my whole life, which means you and I are the same age. You have two, uh, Aaron and John are much younger than us, which means that they've heard these exact same arguments their entire life. So suddenly the guy that is just the, the, the ultimate fulfillment of everything that they have ran on is, is unelectable. I am fascinated to watch how that plays out on, on the Democratica side, but let's get to the first question here. Todd is Bernie Sanders is the 2020 democratic nominee. Is he inevitable?
3: He is not. He's inevitable in, in the most um, legitimate sense. If things just go as people going to the polls and voting, go, he is, but the crazy voices in the head must intervene. And this we spent yesterday talking about some of them and one of them had specifically to do with him and his health, I'll leave it there. But you, that it, the machinations that a people this confused about the things they believe, how long they have believed him, yet the obvious uh, final coming to of age of that in the personage of Bernie Sanders is not good enough for whatever reason, that's going to lead to a level of schizophrenia and potential machinations where if it gets outside of just people going to the polls and choosing – and this thing going, actually getting to uh, the convention, in a brokered convention, I I don't think any of us should have any reason to believe that it's in, inevitable if people simply decide no, what the people say isn't good enough, and they decide that all the time. Look at Brexit just over the pond, and how and you had reason to believe that that wasn't inevitable. Quite the opposite, because and for four years I was right. It, yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah. So. I it's there's very much a yes and no to this. I, 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 I love the way you've rode that horse with the use of the Thanos. See, I meme. think it's
1: hundred percent. I, I I'll bet my all future my, my all my future earnings on it. If it goes to a convention and he stays alive, Bernie Sanders is the well, nominee. Also- his people that act on that stage and his and it, that that is the mute button. Compared to what his people will do to the Democratic Party in that cauldron there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
3: I agree. And they also know the future is these people. The young people love him mm-hmm. and all that. But see, that's what, but it is a total level of disconnect for Chris Matthews. What's the word he just used up there about how you're you're not supposed to? Yeah, but to-
1: this is the same industry that Michael Avenetti wrecked him, barely knew him. We'll talk about that here in a minute. In 10 minutes after Super Tuesday. They're going to act like all these clips never happened. We've seen this a million times. They'll just retcon this like it never happened. And then when he gets blown out, and they'll, they'll come back and say, they'll, yeah. for, they'll forget all the retconning they did about how he's really not a socialist and it's really not that bad. After he gets blown out, they'll then come back and act like they didn't, haven't we seen them they'll do this?
2: They'll retcon the retcon. Yes, and... they
1: will. That's what they do. They just get to lie all the
3: time. All the time. It's,
1: it's their native tongue.
3: Agreed, and I mean they—they're
1: they, they, they're, they're the Slytherin house. It's the tongue they speak But sooner with. or later,
3: you, you, they're losing. They are in the process. We're watching it in real time. They're losing control. They are going mad. Yeah, they, it's happening. So there's. See, no I think way- you said
1: the key phrase. They've lo- they're losing control. They, they they have lost control of this process. They have no ability to hold back the horde that they fed. They 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 fed it. They 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 contemplated it. They they nurtured it. They winked and they nodded at it, and they let him out little by little to sick them on people like us. Well, sooner or later, you, you then can't say to those people, all right, we'll take it from here. No, 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 no. You cannot relatch Pandora's box, and it's Abaddon has been opened, and they cannot yeah. close it up So now. you
3: think the madness is what actually yes. guarantees them? Yes. I just think the madness is such that it can give them the very thing they want, and they'd kill it anyways, because that's what madness does, but sure. I'm either...
1: Yes. As long as we're both arguing for madness, you'll get no argument from me. All
2: right, Aaron. So prior to the debate this week, I would have said it was not at all inevitable that uh, Bernie Sanders likely but not inevitable that that Bernie Sanders will be the nominee. Um, Now I'm I am at inevitable barring the five to 10 percent chance that something health wise goes wrong or awry with with Sanders and he has to drop out for some reason. Um, I, I think he is inevitable just simply because there is not enough on that stage that I saw, not enough willingness on any level to take on Bernie Sanders at the level that he needs to be confronted. And we saw that with the exception of Mike Bloomberg, uh, Mike Bloomberg, Mr. N- uh, Disclosure Agreement. Um, you know, calling uh, calling women horse-faced lesbians, you know, that, that the complete mangina that just took it in the rear from Elizabeth Warren the other night. He was the guy who actually unleashed that tirade against Bernie Sanders that could, mm-hmm. could actually be effective, mm-hmm. but he has no shot whatsoever, and none of the rest of them seemed willing on, with the exception, maybe a little bit of Pete Buttigieg calling out his supporters. That's not the greatest track to go down either. Um, I, I just don't see a willingness to confront him. So who fills that void? If if it is true, and it is true that most of the Democratic Party right now during this process does not want Bernie Sanders, who is left then to fill that void? And I don't see anybody willing to step up and do that, which is barring the five to ten percent chance I would give it for some sort of health scare, I would say it's an it's it's a hundred percent likelihood that he is going to be the nominee.
1: The irony, John, is Michael Bloomberg is making all of the right arguments. He's a terrible candidate and a worse person. All right. So so it's irrelevant that he's the one. If I'm Bernie Sanders, Michael Bloomberg is he can he's the if he's attacking me, he can do that all the day long.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right to a certain extent. Um, just to address what you said earlier about um, about them coming back later and saying, oh, and pretending like they didn't say any of this stuff about Bernie Sanders. You already see them setting up that foundation. You already see them saying Democrat candidates are definitely saying it, and then you see the analysts that go on TV. And notice how they always say, uh, I'm gonna vote for whoever the, whoever the mm-hmm. candidate is, mm-hmm. but let me just say this about them. And you know, you see uh, uh, vote blue no matter who, that's trending as well on the left. So they're preparing themselves to be able to support Bernie if they have to. You've got a couple of things going against that though. You have what they did to Bernie last election in 2016, which makes me wonder, are they gonna try to pull that again? Because you already, I mean, during the Iowa caucus, I thought, "Is that what's going on again?" Is they, they yes, they the tried it in field?
1: Iowa and it blew up in their face. Yeah,
0: right. But I still see him, you know, becoming the nominee. Bloomberg, though, I think his poor debate performance really is not as uh, as monumental as people are making it out to be because I think it's ten point four million people watch that debate. That is fewer than who watched the watched the Oscars, which are the least watched oscars in history so you know not all of america is tuned into these debates and so as long as bloomberg can kind of hide behind this this um this kind of facade that he set up where he's paying hundreds of millions of dollars for ads uh in order to make him seem like this sort of candidate um i don't know how impactful his debate performances are going to be so i still put it as a as a uh neck and neck race between bloomberg and bernie who represent kind of both sides of the party and the last thing i'll say is that bernie believes in everything that the modern Democrat Party believes, but their whole progressive scheme for, you know, for years, probably decades, yes, decades, has been, let's not tell the American people what we actually believe. Instead, we're going to pretend we believe something and then kind of creep in these socialist policies that we actually believe in. And I think Bernie going out and saying, yes, I'm a socialist and everybody knows it, which is what he said um, back in, in 1990, he said, I'm a socialist and everybody knows that is something that the Democrat Party doesn't want to quite go there yet. They're still in the progressive era of, you know, let's just uh, creep 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 all of this, these policies in, and then we'll, we'll pretend we don't believe this stuff, and then hush-hush on the side, we'll actually try to implement the stuff that Bernie actually believes.
1: All right, I'm, I'm crushed for time, so I'm going to switch the exit question to a, just a very direct question. Will Bernie Sanders be the tw- 2020 Democrat nominee for President of the United States? Aaron. Yes. Todd. Yes. John?
0: No, n- Not yet. I don't believe that yet.
2: Okay.
1: I think there's a better chance Michael Bloomberg doesn't win a single state in this <laughs> primary than he's the nominee. Now, I mean, I could see him getting 10, 15, buying 10, 15, 20% in a whole bunch of them, you know, particularly when we get into these blocks of states, you know, Super Tuesday and beyond where there's not a lot of turnaround time, but- and I, I think there is a, and I don't know what state Pete Buttigieg wins. I mean, if he's he's polling like garbage in Colorado, which goes on Super Tuesday where they have a gay governor. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that you know. First of all, we don't really I don't really believe he won Iowa. I think that was a scam. But I don't know I don't know where, where else he wins. And so I I don't think Michael Bloomberg's winning anywhere. And I don't see anywhere Pete Buttigieg wins. I to me he's the last guy standing. I think. Thanos is inevitable. We'll come back. We'll get into what Evan Addy and that cautionary tale tells us about the state and future of American media. Next. Yahoo Finance had a story recently that uh, talked about one of the booming markets really globally. It's the uh, superfood market. They they project this thing's going to grow by 200 billion, billion with a B, uh, billion as in George Soros, uh, the evil billionaire that endorsed Elizabeth Warren for president. I saw that earlier today. Uh, 200 billion over the next few years is uh, how much growth they're going to see they think, in the global superfood market. And experts agree that eating superfoods is the easiest way to get nutrient-dense foods back as a part of your lifestyle because a lot of those nutrients, as we've talked about in other capacities on this show, are stripped out of our foods nowadays. Now, the trick, though, is finding the product with the best quality ingredients. You don't want extracts. And you want that USDA seal because that shows it's a real food. And that's why at our house, we trust uh, Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. One scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. These are the only vegetables I can get my son Noah to drink or eat are in uh, Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. And if you want to give it a shot, and I've tried it as well. Actually, it tastes pretty good. You can even mix it with other drinks, too, if you want. Uh, go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Save 15% off of your first order right now at BrickHouseSteve.com. If my Noah is willing to drink his vegetables with BrickHouse Nutrition's Field of Grains, then, I mean, he is, as, he is as finicky as it gets. So I, I can't give it a better endorsement than that. 15% off of your first order at BrickHouseSteve.com. Offer code Steve, BrickHouseSteve.com. .com. Let's get to issue three, the curious cautionary tale of Michael Avenatti. Let's
2: bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael
0: Avenatti. Michael Avenatti,
2: Michael Avenatti thank you very much. He's out there <laughs> saving the Look, country. It, it, Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? Uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is... Is because of your presence on cable news. You
0: look at the field of Democrats right now, and Avenatti's the one who stands out.
2: If they decide they value a fighter most, people would be foolish to underestimate Michael Avenatti.
0: I have always said that they need a fighter. Look, I mean, we're going to continue to use the media. I think we've used it with great success.
2: Michael Avenatti is headed to prison. Late last week, Avenatti was found guilty of trying to extort the shoe company Nike by threatening to go public with evidence that the company had paid off the families of young NBA-bound athletes. He faces up to 42 years in prison.
1: He's got other issues, too. Uh, There's still the case of uh, of the fraud that uh, his former uh, porn client, Stormy Daniels, accused him of. She is suing him. Uh, He had the L.A. Times uh, come out last year after doing a big expose because he's an attorney out there in L.A. Uh, This guy's had numerous grifts, frauds, liens, um, just, I mean, literally could have just Googled his name if they had any intellectual curiosity at all before they made him a household name, could have just Googled his name, is is this guy legit? And found out that he wasn't. So what does the cautionary tale of Michael Avenatti tell us about the state of American media that either we already didn't know or maybe confirms what we always suspected? And what does it mean for the future of the country and an informed citizenry? Aaron, I'll start with you.
2: So I think... This is fairly, uh, fairly simple. When it comes to Michael Avenatti and, and what, uh, what, what he was made into by the people he was made into, um, it's just a case of this guy is saying everything that we want to hear and everything that we want to propagate. And we don't have to say it because he's saying it. So we're going to put it on the air and we're going to make him a household name. I mean, the, the 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 gist, the foundation of Michael Avenatti. I don't know if you guys remember that photo of him uh, having a party with uh, with Don Lemon and other personalities at uh, at Lemon's house in the Hamptons. Yeah, that that is that is the that is the essence of everything about this story. It was never about whatever. I mean, I can't even remember now all of the things that he's all of the grifts that he's he's performed. Very publicly um it was never really about getting to there it was never really about concern for any of the women that he represented it was never about that it was about uh this guy says a lot of what we believe and it's content for cable news and he's more than willing to do it and that's that's really all that's really all that this is it is a confirmation bias run amuck and that's uh, there's there's not really more that you can say. I mean, it's it's like trying to fact check the enemy media again. This this is this is like if uh, if the Taliban um, or uh, Al Jazeera brought up some really hip uh, you, you know uh, leader in the Muslim community uh, and just said all the things that Al Jazeera wants them to say, which they probably do that anyway. This is this is just a case of enemy media just finding propaganda. Because aside from Russia, the Russia collusion investigation during that time, there was not much else to talk about other than some of the good things that were actually happening in the in the country. So it's just confirmation bias. This guy said everything that they wanted to hear anyway, and it provided content. And that's really all there is to it.
1: Shorter, Aaron, and correct me if uh, you don't like my summation, Aaron. Cable news is where the truth in America goes to die. Yeah. Is that what I hear you saying? Yep. Todd, what do you think?
3: Well, that that's all true. The, the, the fundamental problem of the press is is this fundamental problem with progressivism. None of it is aspirational. It is iconoclastic. It is built on hate of the other, the grandest other. It's it's hatred of God. It's hatred of the foundational principles, uh, loosely defined by the good, the true, and the beautiful that are imbued through the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. They hate. All of it, and when you when that's what you hate, this is their version of better than Hillary. Mm. They, they hate it, so you're willing to go and ride with just about anything to defeat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, make all kinds of. That's why it's this this the slippery slope argument that keeps working. Well, one of the reasons it, it keeps working is because you know, yeah, I. I'll take the tranny madness over God absolutely any day of the week. I hate it that much, no matter how weird this gets. If it helps me defeat it, I'll align myself with it. That's always going to happen if your fundamental principles are not aspirational. Because if you have aspirational principles, you ultimately have to separate the wheat from the chaff. You might do it wrongly but you have to do it by definition you don't have to you just have to go with whatever the other is no matter how bad it might be to defeat the thing you hate the most i
1: that's that's potent right there what you just pointed out
3: and and i look
1: at my own um my own uh, cable news booking schedule i think affirms what what you just said because i've been on cnn and msnbc i mean how many times since 2011? Probably, it's probably got to be over 50. Sure. And what's happened is, and I wrote about this in my last book, Truth Bombs, last year. You know, I stopped getting called because I didn't conform to their narrative. All right, and, um, and and their producers were literally telling me, "Well, we're we're not looking for opinions. We're looking for sides." And the one time I've gotten a call in the last, the one time I got numerous requests in the last year, one of, there were two of them, and one of them was about a local angle in Iowa that I frankly didn't care much about talking about. But the other one was when Trump tried uh, his latest slurp act with Kim Jong-un, which you guys know. I am past the I can't even with the up to, uh, kissing up to tyrants and blowing them sweet kisses thing, okay? And, of course, the only reason they want to have me on is just so they can have somebody criticize the president with some conservative street cred to further their narrative. That's all that they care about, right? And if this had been a terrible presidency policy-wise, from our perspective, they would have had me, called me all kinds of times, And I would have done it because it would have been, a. but since it has not been a terrible, doesn't mean I've thought he's checked every box or he's been, you know, messianic, but it has not been a terrible presidency. You cannot, you can't be honest, really. And if you're a conservative, I don't care what you think of Trump as a human being. You cannot be honest as a conservative and and rate this as terrible for us on policy. It, It maybe hasn't checked all your boxes. It hasn't, hasn't done everything you've wanted it to do, but it hasn't been terrible. If it had been systemically terrible, they'd have had me on all the time to attack and and let me attack him from the right. Because that would have furthered their narrative. That's all that this is about now. This is where the truth goes to die. John, your thoughts?
0: You know, I think bringing it back to Avenatti for a sec, this is a guy, anyone you talk to who's known Avenatti, anyone who's been around him in person who has met him, says this is a guy you would not let around your kids. This is a guy who reeks of sleaze that you pick that up the moment you meet him and his lifestyle. I'm here in L.A. right now. His lifestyle from the apartment that he lives in in L.A. to his collection of Ferraris to his suits, everything about this guy. He walks in the room and you realize, oh, this is not uh, this is not a, a stand up guy. And yet the media puts him on because, as Aaron was saying, he checks all of the boxes, and he's saying all the things that they want him to say. Mm-hmm. And so they don't really care about his character. They don't really care who he is as long as he can deliver the goods. And so I think that is just uh, representative of what the media has become is they're going to drop everything to put a guy on. Steve, they don't book you. Often they don't book um, a lot of people who deserve time on air. But they will. what's that guy's name um, who they eventually had to say, are you drunk? Uh, Sam Newberg, who was in the president's administration, mm-hmm. they book him. They book a drunk guy just because the drunk guy is going to come out and spill the, the goods on the president. So that is, is so problematic when it comes to the media. But I think that's the direction we're going, is that these people will use anyone as tools to further their narrative. And and as you were saying, Steve, if, you, if it doesn't fit that narrative, then we don't want you to come on. And I know for a fact that you know if you make good points and you make solid, cogent points that they don't want to hear, they won't book you because they want someone they can beat up on or they want to fight or something. But they certainly... Um, don't want the truth.
1: Full disclosure, I've actually known Sam for years, and I texted him after the appearance that you talked about, that you just referenced. Were you drunk? He is, to yeah. this day, adamant he was not drunk
0: for okay, that appearance. Okay, okay. I mean, no one can tell but him. Now, but- now,
1: I'm just correcting the record. I'm not defending that it wasn't nuts. All right? I'm not, I'm not defending that. You're right about that characterization, okay? But but he is adamant, to this day, that he was not drunk. All right? but So I just... Because I also know... He watches this every day, and I'm going to get a text from him if I don't say that. All right? So I just wanted I wanted to clarify that. All right. Exit question. Who eventually spends more time in prison, Michael Avenatti or Roger Stone? Aaron.
2: Uh, because everything is broken, uh, Roger Stone.
1: Todd.
0: Avenatti.
2: John, what do you think?
1: Stone.
0: I think Stone.
1: You do. Even though Evan has been sentenced to 35 more years, you think Stone? I mean, I can listen. Uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of story arcs currently ongoing in the culture that would give you uh, that impression. I, I, I'm, I don't I'm not arguing why, with you.
2: That's why I'm just cynical. That's that's why I'm going with uh, Stone.
0: We, uh, yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, whether it's I mean, we got a few more years um, and you get a Democrat in office and maybe there'll be a pardon. But Stone committed a crime that is completely unacceptable to the Democrat Party right now or whoever's in power, or institutions, and that is that he supports and is a friend and confidant of the president. And I think that crime is much graver than anything uh, the people in government right now can imagine. I, I, I
1: it, When does Stone it, get sentenced, do we know? Not sure. I don't know. Okay, well, the election is November 6th, right? However many days from the time he goes in to approximately 24 to 48 hours, after this election, he's getting pardoned, I think, all right? I think, I think five, not, five minutes after President Trump doesn't have to face the voters anymore, he's getting pardoned. And, and I think it'll take an, an immense amount of restraint on Trump's part not to do it even before then, okay? <laughs> but his political team is probably losing. Javanka is probably like, you cannot do that until the election, all right? So, um, I, like, I could see, like, Trump send him off to Zurich for some G8 summit, and then, like, on a Sunday morning, gets up, you know, hey, Javonka's gone. It's pardon Roger Stone. All right. I could see that. John's laughed because he knows I'm right. It could absolutely go down like that.
0: No, I, I get it.
1: So it either goes down like that or it happens about five minutes after this election. Win or lose is when it goes down. All right. Let's get to issue four, the return of an American treasure.
2: McDonald's Shamrock Shake is back once again. The minty dessert was first introduced in 1970 to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in the U.S., Canada, and Ireland. The shake gets its distinctive green color thanks to pieces of real leprechauns used in the formula. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Where'd go, Dad? You made me think of that story down in, uh,
1: in Alabama from oh, I want the Go, yes. All right, let's get to the first question. In honor of the Shamrock Shake, first and only question, John, what singular seasonal dessert do you most look forward to returning each year?
0: DC uh, Swamp is going to come out in me because there's this this bakery that is uh, popular in DC and New York, and they make a Thanksgiving croissant, which is filled with stuffing and roasted turkey mm. and gravy that's homemade, and then cranberry sauce all in a buttery croissant and it's the most delicious thing i've ever had so that comes out around thanksgiving and i gotta go with that it's at a place called milk
1: that's serious dude code points that i asked you for a seasonal dessert and you went for a turkey baked in to a pastry
0: (laughs) a meat i think i know yours and it doesn't have that same cred but i'll wait for you to say it
1: no i well mine's the shamrock shake well there's like 15 shamrock shakes I'm Shamrock Shake Obsessed. Anything pumpkin spice, as you well know, I'm in. Yes,
0: pumpkin uh, is what I was going for. Yeah,
1: through. I'm in on pumpkin spice and Cadbury mini eggs. Those would be the so, three.
3: So, how many Shamrock, how many visits to McDonald's will you be making? At, at least
1: five between
3: now oh, and that's when it, it? Goes out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: I thought they might like, can't be go one. like every day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Isn't that a little early.
3: <laughs> no, they're
1: out. I went, I, I went, the, I went opening night. Oh, oh, opening night, March. I was there. Yes. Todd, what's yours? Which which flavored vinegar do you most look forward to?
3: That is good, uh, but I'm probably I'm not a huge dessert guy. But I think I'm going to make you proud. The most seasonal dessert is a it's pumpkin pie. I don't
1: I, I could that that'll that'll preach.
3: Aaron,
2: anything slathered in almond bark. My wife made me some uh, some almond bark, mm. chocolate almond bark covered pretzels, gluten free pretzels for my birthday. I ate them all in like one weekend.
1: It I've got amazing. I've got some of that with some toffee. That uh, the people I went and spoke with in Nashville last weekend gave me some made from a local company. I haven't tried it yet, but that's uh, that's that's on my palette. Let's get to predictions next. Todd, go.
3: It's crazy, but the record uh, the the schedule is very favorable. The Wisconsin Badgers, against all odds, are going to finish the Big Ten in second place. They might be tied, but they'll f- finish second. Wow! All right,
1: John, what's your
3: prediction?
0: I know. I think someone else made this point, which I saw earlier in the show. But I think Warren is dropping out any minute now. My prediction will be sometime in between Nevada and South Carolina. But she's going to make a fool out of herself in South Carolina. She has the Buttigieg problem, and so with with, with the black voters, and so that's going to be an embarrassment. So I think, I think before South Carolina, she's out.
1: If that I well, I could see that. I I don't think she'll she stay for Super Tuesday because I think she's going to lose her own state to Bernie Sanders if she does. Yep. What do you think, Aaron?
2: I think at least four candidates are going to stay in all the way to the convention.
1: You have an idea who, which ford I mean, Bloomberg—he's got—he's got. He's got which he can't take that money with him, so it's going to be him, right? Bernie's so, the front
2: runner. So Bernie, Bloomberg—I think Biden will probably try to stay in all the way, and I—I th- I could even see Buttigieg staying in as well. All right, I, he's I, starting
3: I, to run into money problems. If you saw, I would. I mean, he,
2: talking about Biden? Buttigieg, Buttigieg? Is actually, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you see the cash on hand numbers I tweeted yesterday? Uh, and bernie's n- practically lapping the field with cash on hand the burn rate of those other candidates yeah, they're raising huge money but yes. they've got huge organizations their burn rate Correct. is high all right uh, my prediction the next democratic president will have his or her justice department wage open war on christian media especially purveyors of the false teaching known as the prosperity gospel seeing them as key to the political ascendancy of donald trump and when Trump is gone, the next Democratic president, whoever that is, their Justice Department, um, think of all those, uh, the, the, the Paula Whites, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland mm-hmm. types, uh, the Creflo Dollars, the Benny Hens, it will be open warfare with the Justice Department upon those forms of ministries. That's my prediction. I agree. John, always good to see you, my friend. I know you're out there in L.A. uh, having a little family vacay. Thanks for taking out some time of that to uh, be with us. We
0: appreciate it. Thanks, Steve.
1: You bet. Have a great weekend. All right, when we come back, we've got uh, Feedback Friday coming your way here. If you want to send us your feedback, steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D E A C E. And don't forget, there's tons of free samples of the show as well at youtube.com Steve Dace. Hour two is next. <laughs> we're back with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with todd erzin and aaron mcintyre if you do listen to us via the podcast please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from or through because the more of those we get the more that helps the show to grow and the more likely we are to get to continue to do this show and i think we all want that thank you to all of you that have left us five-star reviews already please if you haven't done so consider adding your name to the list as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. That's how you can email the show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Let's get Feedback Friday started. Sponsored by our friends over at Legal Zoom. It's still early in the year, but if you run a small business, you know, 2020 could fly by. That's why you should use LegalZoom right now to make sure that you're set up for success. Over the last 19 years, LegalZoom has helped more than 2 million Americans start their businesses by incorporating, forming an LLC and more. We have a couple of LLCs. We've used LegalZoom in our house in order uh, to facilitate those. But even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help you with a lot more. Uh, Things like lease agreements, changing tax laws, reviewing contracts, all play a part in running your own business. And these are precisely the kinds of costly hurdles that can take time away from growing your business. So don't let that happen. Use LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys and tax professionals that can provide advice to address these things and even more. And you'll never get charged by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. Go to LegalZoom.com com Today uh, to take advantage of their wide range of services, LegalZoom.com, and if you use the tr- the promo code Truth Bombs, promo code Truth Bombs at the checkout box, you'll get special savings. All right, promo code Truth Bombs at LegalZoom.com. And again, we have used this service in our house for years. It's been a big benefit to us. We uh, highly recommend it. Uh, LegalZoom.com promo code Truth Bombs. All right, you guys ready to go? Yes. Let's begin with this question from Dwayne Searsmith, who asks, could a non-Christian defend the principles of conservatism against the spirit of the age? Yeah. Um, well, I this question, I think, has more layers to it than, or maybe you intended the question to have these layers to it, Dwayne. Um could a secular con- conservative let, let's let's broaden the religious appeal beyond um, the one that this show uh, believes in let, let's broaden it could a secular conservative defend the principles of conservatism against the spirit of the age yes they could could they defeat the spirit of the age no they could not no they could not they could make adequate Ineffective, even defenses. Some people that could still be swayed by um, common sense would they could reach, no doubt. But could they ultimately defeat? Uh, could, can a secular mindset defeat a spirit of the age? No, no, they could not, and one of the issues you're going to run into here is secularism denies, denies human nature. Let me, let me me define what I mean by that. Secularism defies human nature in that we have an innate desire to worship something. And we're going to, we're going to, fill that God-shaped hole with a God, or we're going to anoint ourselves as the God. But we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to worship something. Atheists worship themselves. They have decided that they can appoint themselves the judge and jury of whether God exists and should be obeyed. Well, in that train, every transaction requires, every philosophical, spiritual transaction requires an authority figure. So, if you have decided in your conscience that there is no God, you are saying that your conscience is God. Your, Your conscience is higher than God. That is what you are saying. So, the The problem with coming at people who who are caught up in a spirit of the age, so they have a religious fervor. The, you you cannot attack that effectively on a on a on a on a, sy- on a systemic level with a secular mindset. You can't because as I've pointed out several times this week now, and I like this, I like this line of reasoning. So I'm going to use it, I think a third time this week. Young people are not falling for the lie of statism or socialism because they grew up um, in the surf village of Fiddler on the Roof and they see the bread lines in St. Petersburg square. That's not why. And so, Lenin's promises of utopia are aspirational. If not just a question of your own survival. That's not why they do not, they don't see massive bread lines anywhere in America. This is because this has replaced religion. This is utopianism. It's, it's, it's a, it's a hermeneutic to walk through for salvation has its own creation story, you know, Darwinian evolution. It it has its own sacraments, abortion, sexual dep- immorality. It has its own ecclesiastical law, judgment by by recycling and climatism. Just it's it's a rival religion. And that's why they're caught up in it. You're not going to be able to. To you can argue effectively um, and defend the principles of conservatism with without invoking a, a spiritual component, but you will not defeat that without one. You won't, because invariably, I'm out. Invariably, we run into the place. What happens when I don't care that your math works? And that mine doesn't I still prefer mine I don't care that your science works and mine doesn't I still want mine I don't care that your common sense works And my wish casting doesn't I still want my desires affirmed and fulfilled What happens when you run into that? What happens when you get to the place that I it's, it's it's not that I'm stupid Bob it's that I just don't care you can have your math your math is racist you can have your science it's transphobic right what what happens when we get there what happens when we get there I'll tell you what happens when we get there what what's happening right now that's what happens when we get there you had a because you had a generation of Christian leaders in the political realm disciple their, the Christians they send into political activism with um, uh, don't use the Bible to make your arguments. Nobody wants to hear it. Well, we nobody's ever wanted to hear no no unregenerate person has ever wanted to hear what God's word has to say because it's convicting. I. Were you really eager to find out, dig through, and find the eternal truth in the Bible before you were converted as a Christian thought? Was that was that really a high priority for you? Was that high well, on your it's plate? often
3: why I probably set it aside, whether consciously or unconsciously. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not a unique phenomenon, and it never has been, by the way. That's not unique. But they did.
1: They did. And I would I would go in these meetings sometimes and say, this is tactically dumb. It's the most devastating weapon we have. Now we should do it intelligently. You know, I, I wouldn't suggest our people get elected to Congress and then begin their, you know, uh, Mr. Speaker, thus speaketh the Lord God of hosts. I mean, I, I, I would assume we'd have some training and some common sense. I mean, you know, we're not preaching, but I mean, we have to articulate our worldview. Because ultimately, this, is, this isn't a question of, of, of data. It's not. It's a question of authority. Who is in charge down here? Where do our rights come from? Who determines what the law is and what it means? And you can line up all of your common sense you want. And it will work for a while. It'll work in an era when the worldview that you believe in, the spiritual worldview you believe in, still is a predominant doesn't even have to be the dominant, but still is a predominant foundation in the culture. And so there have been enough people exposed to that level of, you know, theologically we've called this general revelation or natural law, whichever phrase you wish to use. Enough people have been exposed to it that they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, we got to have some, uh, you know absolute standard has to be some authority we gotta i mean ultimately we have to recognize somebody gets to say no or yes right but what happens when you move past that when you're in a generation that doesn't acknowledge that anymore or maybe even doesn't want to what do you do then here's my white paper on why medicare for all will bankrupt the country So, okay. But we're just going to do it anyway. We're already $10 trillion in debt. We didn't listen to you guys on Medicare. We didn't listen to you guys on Medicaid. Didn't listen to you guys on Medicare Part D. Didn't listen to you on Obamacare. And hell, I just mentioned a bunch of things Republicans have actually done and voted for over the years. So we didn't listen to you then. But thank you. We're going to listen to you now. Thanks. Appreciate your math. We'll just do new math. And this math is, we want this. that's our math. so see on the flip side what do you do then? Just tweet out oh because that's where we are. Now there's still a lot of this so-called movement in media that doesn't want to admit this. and and probably because a lot of them are secularly minded too. not and if I were, I'd be uncomfortable in this arena. I'd be uncomfortable making these arguments. Most believers are are not trained and comfortable making these kinds of arguments. So they resort to what I call the Fox News answer to. Well, government programs are inefficient. So you guys wanna let me let me take the other side. All right. In fact, let's play a game for a second. I'm gonna play this game against myself. I am going to channel someone given over to the spirit of the age. And I'm gonna give myself are, are the, the secular conservative Fox News answer challenge to these things, okay? Government programs are inefficient. I mean, look at the precedent set by Medicare Medicaid, for example, and very few people, while millions of Americans utilize those services because they have no other option, very few people find them streamlined, acceptable, or view them as, um, would, would rate them highly in a customer service survey. Not to mention, we're already $10 trillion in debt. Well, I don't really I don't really care that we're 10 trillion dollars in debt because we're in a decade three of wasting time and money and billions of dollars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And the Pentagon pays one hundred fifty dollars for a hammer and for a screw. And uh, frankly, giving single moms their health care is a lot more important than what Muslim uh, group, uh, what group of Muslims we're going to kill next. Thanks. Who wins the argument? They do. You go, yeah. Not you is the answer. Not you. I don't know who won, but I know it wasn't you. (laughs) You both might have lost. Okay, you could both lose. But I know the argument, I know the winner is not you. That's what I know. Not you among well, let me let me clarify it. Not you among anybody who already didn't agree with where you were coming from. Not you. Not you. And we could do this pick any other issue, the exact same thing. See, what you guys consider the ditziness of the AOCs of the world, in in another country and generation that she represents, she's prophesying. Well, I don't know what it costs. I don't care. You laugh. They cheer. And since you gave them total control of the schools for the last 30 years, they're going to get more cheering. And, 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 and we've just given up the premise on a lot of our we, – we, here's the other – can I make another strategic point here? We now cannot make secularly-minded arguments if we wanted to. They have no credibility. We don't have any. I mean, we, 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 we can't anymore. We have sacrificed so much of, of, our, of our just surface-level integrity to align with the Republican Party – that we have, we have like no credibility just to just stake this on our own precedent, and 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 performance. We we have looked the other way on so much, on so much grift, on so much big government. I mean, I've got a story out in the blaze today, looking at the liberty scores of several Republicans whose voting records are right in line with Bernie Sanders, and some of their names are John Cornyn, Mitch McConnell, high-ranking members of the United States Congress and their voting records, their Liberty scores, not much different than Bernie Sanders. But, you know, we had to vote for those guys to get good judges and save America, right? We had to do that, right? That's what I'm told. Yeah, yeah. like John Roberts, you know. He's not saving anything other than Obamacare every time. He's doing that great job of that. Saves Obamacare a lot, does that. Not doing much of the saving America thing, though. So we go to Aaron's generation now. And and with our track record, we can't stake this claim on our own integrity. We can't because we don't have any. Uh, we 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 can't. We've signed off on too much corporatism, grift, uh, big government already. I mean the the greatest expansion of government of all time until Barack Obama came over came, came to president uh, came to power was the George W. Bush presidency. The, the 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 Congress, the Tea Party Congress that we all elected in 2010, it actually ended up spending more money than every U.S. Congress combined. So that was cool, right? That was cool. Did you, did you like that one? Did it feel good? No? So we, we can't win on our own integrity. We can't. We will lose. And it's, it, and it's the same argument about um, you know, we, we had in 2016 about Trump's personal character. You can't win that argument. Even have, even attempting to justify that to your kids, you is, is a loss. It's it having the argument itself is a loss. Best just to, you know try honesty. Yeah, Donald Trump hasn't always been a good person. I think we can all agree to that. He's also, though, it doesn't seem interested in using government to declare war on my business and way of life. So, you know, one thing you're going to learn, son, when you get out into the world and start, you know, actually having a family and a business and paying a mortgage and bills is you don't always get to make the pristine choice east of Eden. So that's why I'm voting for him. Could have tried that. We could have tried that, right? Sure. Yeah, instead we tried. I think Stormy Daniels is a skanky liar. Never happened. We we tried that one. And we're wondering why our, you know, our kids are voting for Pete Buttigieg in the primaries, right? So you can disagree with me on a principle level, fine. But you want to make a secular common sense argument? I just gave you one. We have no credibility with the emerging generations that we can just stake our arguments on our own precedent and tradition. We can't do it. We, we have, we've given ourselves over too much to... The partisan tribalism. We can't do it. And and our opponents on the left love it when we do because it gives them the chance. And that's why, you know, we needed to, we're over here talking about justice and you guys are over here talking about what? So, yes, secular conservatism can provide adequate and effective defenses against the spirit of the age. It cannot defeat it, though. And it has no chance, ultimately, on an on an existential level, except with people that already were probably prone to think your way. But in terms of actual, actually changing the trajectory of the zeitgeist, man, there's taking a knife to a gunfight. And, you know, and then there's taking a hole puncher. You know what I'm saying? I mean, then there's, there's taking a, there's taking a spork. You know, you just went through KFC. I don't want to order anything. You just put a spork. Can you give me a spork? What do you want a spork for? Well, I'm heading over the OK Corral and I want to, you know, I need 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 to make sure I'm adequately armed. That's what that is up against this. You have any thoughts on that, gentlemen?
3: Well, bravo for going to all the appropriately cynical places with that answer because that's instantly uh, where I went. If you just, quickly, if you just take it at, face value, the question? Well, I think the answer should be, of course. It, it, do you have to accept Jesus in your heart to understand the principles of Milton Freeman and to accept them? I, the answer is obviously no, so that there's a start that you you don't need uh, uh, to be a Christian to uh, be able to defend at, some prin- at least some principles of conservatism. But the, the greater question, and Steve very much already addressed this, but very simply... Do Christians, are they capable or care to defend the principles of conservatism? Or more importantly, are they capable or interested in defending the principles of Christianity? I mean, those are the questions we need to ask. Not whether non-Christians are uh, capable of accepting principles of conservatism when we are in the middle of trying to figure out what that word even means right now within whatever conservatism is.
1: There's far more believers nodding their head when Pete Buttigieg opens his mouth and the forked tongue comes out and and he, the doctrines of demons spew forth, far more American Christians are nodding their heads thinking, Oh, that sounds that sounds right and reasonable than would be able to actually stand up to him and uh and give him the rebuking that he deserves, but also frankly needs. He needs a rebuking. Might spur some repentance. Aaron?
2: Yeah. So the 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 wording of the question is is important. Can non-believers defend conservatism against spirit of the age, progressivism? Did I accurately yep. paraphrase that, that question? The answer is at the end of the day, no. Now, if it was can non-believers defend conservatism from liberalism, probably. Yeah. At that's the a end good of the point. day, yeah. it's still just a speed bump. Because the operative uh the, the, the operative Thing here is who our opponent is. So we've already defined progressivism as a rival religious sect, a rival religious uh, um, theory. All right. If that's what it is, then it takes a more powerful, a more powerful uh, faith, a more powerful religion, creed, in order to defeat that that theology. And and it is true. It is true that, of course, you can be a non-believer and defend conservatism uh, because we often define conservatism as the observational science of what has worked, conserving what has worked best for the human condition. And you can look back and you can find examples of what has worked best for human beings over time and turn that into a science. But at the end of the day, what you're up against, it doesn't care about science. It doesn't care about your facts. It doesn't care about history. It cares about power. And so at the yep. end of the day, it's only you're only going to be a speed bump if your basis for conservatism is rooted only in an observational science. You have to revert back to a higher power, and at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to defend and have any shot of defeating progressivism.
1: Here's an interesting question from Patrick who asks – How would Jesus define liberty? Um, Here is my answer. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever will believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him, the world may be saved. That's how I think he would define it.
3: There's a lot of correct answers to this. Uh, several, I, I, I will say. If, if, if you accept him to be who he says he is, and that's what Steve is talking about right here, then if it could mine down a little further, what does freedom look like? I would say that it's be not afraid. So much of the philosophy, the politics that govern all of mankind currently and through all of human history. But it's, it it's fear-based. It, it, it I, and again, I, I, I'm repeating the same theme. That's not aspirational. That it, it, it's the opposite of that, which is not to say that, when, when that which you hold dear is threatened, the anxiety that causes, the fear that causes, natural. But as long as what you have is aspirational, is number one, you won't delve into idolatry and making fear your God and making poor decisions, which goes this is what christianity does we don't this has to do with the definitions we talked about in the previous question we don't know the answers to these things because so often we are driven by fear it is why this thing called the republican party uh, you know and why the argument whose party is god's party and why we can't we, we we see the other as the demon the tribalism rules all we accept it Accept forfeits as listen, Donald Trump, by any measure of the definition of what a conservative is, we accepted a forfeit instead of uh, somebody f- far closer to the embodiment of what conservatism actually is, Ted Cruz, because we operate according to fear.
2: So, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to think about this while Todd and you were were talking, and that's, I I think I don't I don't even know if you. I'm not trying to suck up here because it's. I don't. I don't even think that you realized maybe uh, how on the money the the verse that every baby Christian, every single Christian, that's the first verse I ever memorized, Mm -hmm. John three sixteen. I don't think you realize, and seventeen. I don't think you realize how on the money that is because in the Christian ethic, liberty is not freedom to freedom to, it is freedom from right. Freedom from sin. Right. Liberty, as it's often being dis- d- defined in our civic sense, increasingly on the what's left of America, yep. is freedom too. That's right. Licentiousness. Yep. And that is, that is the exact opposite of what the Christian ethic calls for.
1: Right. I mean, the, the Christian ethic changes what um, we seek and what we see. That's, that's, that's the Christian ethic. That's where liberty comes from. They, that all tyranny in this world is a manifestation of human sin. All of it is. All tyranny is a manifestation of human sin. Whether that's the, the abusive dictator father, whether that's the cold, distant, un, unsatisfiable mother, whether that is a, is, is a government, whether that's an abusive priest, whether that's a, um, a a scam artist, a minister, all tyranny in this world is a manifestation of human sin. And so, if if you want liberty, you have to be freed of your sin. And it has you got to There's no point in being free of other people's sins if if you're still a, if you're still in bondage to your own. So it would, it starts there. Um, And I think, I think it's not how we would define liberty. It's it's how, how we did and whom the son is set free is free indeed. As Paul writes in second Corinthians where this, where the spirit of the Lord is now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, that's where there is liberty. Aaron's, um addendum there is just right on the money that this is the power to say no to evil and mean it not white knuckle it but to not even desire it to walk away from it this is a popular thing in social media right now walk away campaigns in many respects christianity is the world's first walk away campaign i'm just gonna, gonna walk away I'm not interested, but thank you. More in a moment. Hey, one more time. I mentioned this earlier, but if, if you want to get back on the right track with your health, all right, take advantage of this incredible offer right now they have over at Rid Zone. off or up to 65% off plus free shipping up to 65% off plus free shipping at riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com and use the promo code Steve. And again, here's why you want to use Riduzone. Let me give you an example that just happened with me during the break. So had to go out during the break, stretch my legs a little bit, use the little boy's room and over in uh, the, the kitchen here in the building They've got Costco muffins. You guys ever had Costco muffins? No. Well, like everything else at Costco, it's glorious. They're glorious, all right? They're also about this big, okay? So when I, when I, when I, when I talk to you about, it's not all the, most of the time what you're eating, but how much. Now, if, if I ate two or three of those a day, I'm going to have a very difficult time maybe even eating one of those full things a day I'm gonna have a pretty difficult time uh, making headway uh, the the amount I have I have to work out you know unless you want to go to like one of those really expensive places that guarantee you like a thousand calorie burn but you have to give them like an hour to kill you all right most of us we are fortunate if we can burn three four five hundred calories in a 30 minute workout if you really know what you're doing so the the amount of uh, that I have to work out to overcome me eating one of those full or more than one a day, I probably don't have the time to do right. I'm, I'm okay. not Michael Phelps, right? But if I if, if you if you do what I just did a minute ago, which is just grab a knife and just cut myself off a little piece of that, like you know a fifth of it, is that is that gonna is that blowing my metabolism out of the water even at my age? No, it's not. All right, but but that's the key. Can you get yourself into the lifestyle where you're controlling how much you're eating and, and even more so than what? And that's where Riduzone comes in. It's the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA, which is that naturally occurring molecule that does help with that. Controlling those cravings and when the belly is full so that you can burn stored fat and reduce your calorie intake. So take advantage of this offer up to 65% off right now at riduzone.com, promo code Steve. Riduzone, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com, promo code Steve. We were talking during the break, and, and I want to make a point about what we just had, uh, what we just discussed a second ago on Feedback Friday. Some, some of you are going to say, Steve, I agree with you that, this is really a question of authority. That's why, I want, that's why I want us to go back to what the Constitution says. The last couple of times, Republicans have won back control of Congress. They've opened the session by reading the Constitution aloud, including all of its amendments. They then have gone out and disobeyed much of it by spending like drunken sailors. This is an example of what I mean that we don't have any credibility left now. That, that we can just get high on our own integrity supply here, that we can just base this off of natural occurrences and material um, uh, tradition and human precedent. Because if I'm willing, if I am willing to look reality in the mirror and when I look down between my legs, see what plumbing my creator gave me, and I am willing to deny that and disobey him to the point that it will do harm to me. I will, I will mutilate. I will self-mutilate. I, I, the desire to reject my creator is so profound within me. My unwillingness to treat this as the mental illness that it likely is. But instead have the desire to do this thing. Is so overwhelming that I will do something that causes me great personal harm in order to disobey God. Why in the Sam Hill do I care what your Constitution says? Why do I care what a proper reading of the Fourteenth Amendment? and the citizenship clause really says why do i care i'm castrating myself i'm a man giving myself mammary glands i'm i'm mutilating myself i'm deforming myself and 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 you want to talk to me about well the 10th amendment says to leave all power not clearly invested in the federal government to the state get the blank out of here with that. Dude, I don't care. I've disobeyed the word of God. I've disobeyed the natural laws of science. All to do this great harm to myself.
3: And you want to come at me with the Bill of Rights? Get which, out. Which, by the way, back then was explicitly created by them for a moral and religious people and right? no other. And this dude's... this. Maybe, dude. Maybe not a sin. That ain't me.
1: In That's fact, right. I spit on it. Yes. Yeah. If if I don't care, if I don't care what your what what um what God thinks, why do I care what your constitution thinks? Well, then, Steve, it sounds like. Well, it kind of sounds like we—it's spiritual revival or bust. Yep. Yeah. It kind of sounds like that. Be, because it is every knee shall bend. So how about yours? I mean, one of, one of yes. One of the big stories going around today is there's a tape recording of Mick Mulvaney, who's uh I think is is he the chief of staff in the White House now?
2: Mulvaney. Yeah,
1: is that what Mulvaney's job is? Is he he's chief of staff?
2: Some, something with uh, uh, he's, he's in the White House. Yeah, he's
1: some senior position in the White House of power, and he's you know just we're out of people. We need more people, and so we need uh, uh, amnesty, illegal immigration. We don't have enough people to keep our economic growth going. Now, that's a lie, by the way. Okay, that, That's a Chamber of Commerce lie. Yep. But that's, a, that's another show. I'm going to table that for now. Let's assume it's true. I'll even, I'm going to grant Mr. Mulvaney's premise. Have you thought about not killing 61 million of your own people? Have you thought about that out of, out of the 61 million people that we have massacred via abortion in this country since 1973, is there a reasonable chance that at least some portion of those individuals could have gone on to fill some of your worker shortage? Is that a reasonable assumption? Yes. Okay. Maybe none of them would have invented cold fusion or clean energy Maybe none of them would have found the cure for a virus, let alone cancer. Maybe none of them would have figured out, you know, what I'm with the technological advancement I'm still holding out for: starfleet transporter technology, so I can finally travel to some of the places in this world I'd like to see without actually having to travel. <laughs> All right? Maybe none of them would have come up with anything as, as profound as that. But maybe they could have you on. Maybe they could have worked on the assembly line at that plant, right? Maybe they could have done that, right? Yeah. Is that reasonable? That at, that at least some of the sixty-one million of our own children we've killed could have gone on and 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 filled some of those worker shortages as far yes, right? When when you're up against this is this is the cultural version of transgenderism. Let's assume Mulvaney is correct. Let's assume Chamber of Commerce Republicans are correct for a minute. They also stand against us every time we try to get rid of abortion or stand up to Planned Parenthood, right? We can't do that. It's not. So, so which is it then? We, we kill a bunch of our own children. And then you wonder in the next generation why we don't have enough. We don't have enough workers. We, we don't have enough what did you think was going to happen when you signed off on this? They didn't care. I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to be responsible for anything other than what I want right now. I don't want anything to get in the way of what I want. Same argument. It's the same argument. It's the exact same argument that 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 the dude who thinks he's pretty is making. Same argument. Or the guy who thinks he can menstruate—same argument. You're willing to mutilate yourself to get what you want, so you're you're willing to kill the next generation of American workers, and then you're going to lament why you don't have enough workers. Yeah, that's pretty common sense, man. It's pretty common sense if we kill a bunch of people, we won't be able to utilize their abilities. And gifts, is that pretty common sense? Yes. Pretty common sense. I don't care. I, I'm, I, you know why? None of these arguments, and I mean none, none of them, are about policy, philosophy, ideology. They're all about authority. Every last one. How do I get the power of government to authoritate over you? And how do I bully you into giving me the authority over me? So I can do whatever I want, as Aaron said a minute ago. so I have a license to do what I want. And I, I just don't know if there if, if there has if there's a brilliant secular exhortation, Against this. I work at a pretty high level in this industry. I'm not one of the big names, but I work close to some of them. Right? Yeah. Man, we share a platform with some of the biggest names. I've heard some of the best. Some of the best. I haven't heard one of these yet. So if you know someone who's able to just do this on a strictly secular perspective, by all means, let me know. Because... I'm not growing my brand with the God talk, believe me. It's not making me more popular anywhere, like anywhere. It's not. This has never been a very popular message. So, you know, dude, if, you know, the Who once did an album, the Who sells out. If you can find a way where we can do this, man, without having to, to invoke the ultimate authority, which just offends a wide swath of people, including people who, many of them, wearing in your own uniform at the time. So if you know of a way that this can be done, someone who's doing it, man, nailing it, crushing it, by all means, point me in that direction. I'll emulate after them. Because I, I don't know who that person is. I see a lot of people trying it. And then I, I, I don't see a successfully, though... Using that tactic whatsoever. Uh, where do I want to go next? Let's go to Matthew Youngblood. You've waited. You guys have waited on the David French Amari Sorab debate in previous or Sorab Amari. I had backwards. I'm sorry. Debate in previous episodes. The debate is between common good conservatism and rights based conservatism. I'm open to the possibility of this being a false choice either one of these come from the same premise as far as the ideologies go wherever one falls in this debate both should see that rights and good things come from God and as such God's word is the best way to govern a society as well as being the basis for conservative political philosophy where am I going wrong nowhere right no you you've you have you have you have figured this out, Matt. Can I call you Matt? Uh, you have, you've cracked the code. Now, I don't know that I think it's common good versus rights-based. Um, but, so I don't, I don't, I don't know that you, I agree with your description. I, I think the point of David French's side of this argument is, You know what i'm gonna be brutally can I i'll just i'm gonna be brutally honest right now Here's what I think drives david french I Think if we could get inside david french's psyche I think it would say something like this I've seen real war Most of you talking about culture war and civil war have it I've seen what irreconcilable sectarian differences due to due to civilizations cultures families communities i've seen what it does and i don't want to see that happen to the country that i love and that's my justification for making an accommodating all kinds of things I know are wrong. And in another era, in another era, if we were a different people, I'd never tolerate. But the fear of overall losing this thing we call America and all the accoutrements that go with it over what still is considered in most of America fringe lunacy most americans don't live like this don't line up don't teach didn't teach their kids to read at a drag queen story time hour and i'm concerned that that we're going to react to this level of fringe lunacy in a way that blows it for this whole thing called america and i think a lot of people on the right who haven't seen real war and haven't seen what real sectarian differences look like, are um, romanticizing what that level of conflict within a culture looks like. I think that's what his psyche would say, something like that. Here's how I would counter it if I was right. The surest way to get to that existential level of sectarian conflict you fear is to permit this cancer to metastasize while you have the advantage over it. And then eventually surround you so you have no recourse or alternative because all the institutions and in civilized, in civilized departments we have to have our grievances heard are now all weaponized against us. So the only alternative I think I have is lock and load then. See in the streets. Your level of, play, play, uh, of, of, of placateness, your level of complacency where these things are concerned and accommodation are allowing them to grow and metastasize to the point that eventually it will take the level of conflict you fear to root them out as opposed to doing it principally, confrontationally, but civilly right now. You have any thoughts on that, gentlemen?
3: Uh, If, if that was true about David French's psyche, then he wouldn't be so eager to constantly be creating secular rifts where Donald Trump is concerned. As you know, I'm not a Donald Trump fan vote for him. Don't for him. I don't care, but he is adamantly in the, you know, Donald Trump more than anything else. Is the cancer that takes up most of his uh, emotional energy. And that includes something like drag queen story hour, which he so easily excuses in the fashion Steve uh, got done talking about. Um, I I, I think here's the problem. And it goes back to what Steve said on the rest. It's about application. I think generally speaking, this guy is right, but then it's about how we apply it and the specifics we have on both sides and it's that common good conservative, that every man who's sitting there constantly hearing what conservative philosophy means and what they're supposed to accept. And then in practice, they can't take their kid to the library anymore unless they're saying that that's the price of freedom. The hell with that. The hell with that. So it doesn't matter. We can't keep philosophizing in this bubble without the practical application of where it's going. And that's the real problem with that. Even if philosophically you have the right parameters, if it ends up a drag queen score hour, it doesn't really matter.
2: If I could sum up this entire hour really quick, Uh, we have to know who we are and where we're coming from. And we have to know where the enemy is and where they're coming from.
1: Amen. We're going to stick around, do best and worst of the week for the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday, John 317.